This is the KOTO Community Radio News for Friday, July 16th. I'm Julia Caulfield. In today's headlines, Mountain Village swears in New Town Council. Telluride discusses current solutions for affordable housing. Billy Ball founder throws final pitch. And a mountain weather forecast. But first... Black Bear Pass reopened to all traffic on Friday morning after a truck rolled on the pass. The single vehicle accident occurred on Thursday afternoon, and according to the San Miguel County Sheriff's Office, removal crews worked into the night, clearing the truck with precaution due to potential rock falls. The driver and occupant claimed no injuries. Mountain Village has a new town council. I, Harvey Robinson, do hereby swear that I will support the Constitution of the United States, the Constitution and laws of the state of Colorado, and the town charter of the town of Mountain Village. On Thursday, Mountain Village swore in its three newly elected members, Harvey Mogensen, Jack Gilbride, and Patrick Barry. Mogensen is serving his first term on council. Gilbride and Barry are at the beginning of their second. Once sworn in, the first order of business is selecting a mayor and mayor pro tem. Mountain Village does not elect a mayor. Rather, the sitting council selects a council member to serve in the position for a two-year term. Leila Benitez has served as Mountain Village mayor since 2017 and was unanimously re-elected by council. Thank you, guys. I may grumble, but this is by far the most rewarding thing I've ever done. And working with you guys, working with the staff in our community truly is the highlight of my professional and personal career. So. Dan Caton was also unanimously re-elected to serve as mayor pro tem, a position he's held since 2017. Mogensen, Gilbride, and Barry are serving a four-year term on council. Benitez and Caton will serve two years as mayor and mayor pro tem. Bring up housing in the Telluride region and conversation can continue for hours. This week, Telluride Town Council brought up the issue through the lens of a declaration of local disaster emergency. Uh, Which is a very specific provision under Colorado law and is typically invoked following both what are defined as a disaster and an emergency. That's Telluride Town Attorney Kevin Geiger presenting before council on Tuesday. And he notes he has some concerns about the declaration. One of the concerns is when you're actually making a local disaster emergency declaration, you are enlisting the support of your regional partners, the state of Colorado, even the federal government, to come to your aid and assist you in response to both the disaster and the emergency. Geiger adds declaring a disaster emergency itself doesn't give Telluride more leverage to help house locals in the short term. Council decided not to move in the direction of a local disaster emergency while continuing to acknowledge the real challenges facing the community. Here's Councilmember Adrian Christie. I am not personally in favor of a declaration of emergency for our community. While I do feel that... Personally, and within our, I know that the people who live here feel like it is an emergency. The difference between us feeling like it's an emergency and an actual official declaration of emergency are leaps and bounds different. Councilmember Lars Carlson agrees. See it more as a symbolic gesture, um, but I, I, I really don't see the necessity of doing this. I think we just have to move forward with more projects. Conversation turns to what those projects could be 
outside of building new housing units. Mayor Delaney Young urges individuals who have private land to consider allowing people in vans and RVs to park on them, which is allowable in town as long as the homeowner doesn't charge for the space. And an additional plea, if you do have an alley unit or a garage apartment or some kind of accessory unit, to please consider not leaving it empty and renting it to people who live here who need housing. Carlson points to one local restaurant allowing second homeowners who rent to locals to skip the line as an option. I think it's a great idea because I think a way to all of our part-time locals might be through their stomach. And if they are allowed priority um, reservation times and to skip the line, I think you might see people go, hey, it's worth it. Council member Jesse Ray Arguez suggests providing a cash incentive for homeowners who rent a lock-off or apartment unit to a local. But Carlson doesn't think that will work. Money, he says, isn't a big enough incentive. It's got to be something of value, they see. Skipping the line, value, money, they already have too much. Several members of council brought up the Landing Locals program, which looked to connect residents with second homeowners willing to rent their house. But according to Amy Levick, executive director for the Trust for Community Housing, the program is on hold. The problem was we couldn't get any units. Um, you know, we couldn't incentivize any units to, to go into the program. Um, one of the things, though, that may work is if there were an actual incentive, um, you know, for, for somebody to rent their house, um, we might be able to come up with a few units that would be available, and that's better than building them. Arguella says some homeowners may be willing to rent out seasonally. If they're only in town for the winter, rent for the summer. Which is great because we have a workforce that is seasonal. So just add that to the list of possible ideas. With plenty of ideas and no solution, council is planning to hold a Telluride Housing Authority meeting to continue brainstorming. The date of the meeting has not yet been set. George Gage, founder and pitcher for the Telluride softball team Billy Ball, is retiring this year after three decades on the mound. KOTO News spoke with Gage about his start in the sport and why he keeps playing. Have a listen. Thank you for being oh, here. My pleasure, my pleasure. Gracing the Kodo airwaves. Um, I would love to hear, first off, how did you, way back when, get started in softball? Well, softball or baseball? Let's do a little bit of both. Okay. Well, you know, I, I grew up in a little town in, in New York, and we never had Little League. And all of a sudden, Little League came to town. And that was the biggest thing. I mean, and every, all the kids were trying out, myself included. And luckily, I had some skills as a young kid. I wasn't a great star, but I had some skills, and I made the Little League team. And my mom really made sure I made every single game. In fact, on my grammar school graduation, I chose my Little League game instead of my graduation. And then how did we get into softball? Softball, it was a big thing. Uh, I started in advertising. I was working in New York City and commuting, and there was a really nifty bar called the Deerhead in a town near where I lived. And the back of the Deerhead had a beautiful baseball field. So what would happen is that that was fast pitch in those days. It wasn't slow pitch. And... Uh, I got on a team called the Tappers, you know, because we played for a quarter keg of beer. And, and there were some terrific players that played in that league. And, and it was a great fun. And uh, 
uh, I stopped playing the, the fast pitch there at a certain point when my career got to a point where it was interfering with my career. What I'm saying is the level got too intense for even me. And so I then, brought that intensity here. Well, exactly. <laughs> so you've been involved in Telluride softball for over three decades. Right. What was that like, you know, back in the late 80s, early 90s? What was the softball scene in Telluride? Well, it was great. And the first team I played on was the Senate for the Senate restaurant and some great guys on that team. And we had a lot of fun, but we never won the championship. And I got a little bit of criticism on the Senate for being a little over-the-top uh, competitive and so forth. So I went home one night and I said, you know, the guys think I'm a little too competitive and I really can't change who I am. So my son, who was about 19 at the time, said, Dad, let's start our own team. So I figured if they're going to uh, call me too competitive, I'm going to name it after the most competitive person I know. And that's Billy Martin of the New York Yankees. Well, and so Billy Ball kind of crushed. It's done well for itself. It's done well for itself. Yeah, we've had some down years, but I can't remember any under 500 years. I can remember we won the championship and the playoffs the first year. I can still put in my mind John Livermore doing a basket catch at the fence to end that game. And uh, we did have a string. I think it was either four or five championships in a row. What is it that you love about Billy Ball as a team specifically? I love the camaraderie, you know, even though the guys are so much younger than me. I mean, I don't think there's even anybody in the league that is anywhere close to my age. You know, I'm 81, and I play with most of the guys I'm playing with are in their 20s, 30s, maybe 45, 42, but they make me feel so good. They give me energy. They give me spirit. And and I say at the end of almost every game, you know, I love you guys because you just, you just give me energy, you give me spirit, and you just keep me young. There's going to be a big game taking place this weekend. What's that game going to be? Okay, it's going to be the back-in-the-day players. They're coming in from Denver. They're coming in from California. They're coming in from a lot of places. And they're coming in from Telluride, Colorado, because a lot of people haven't left. And so we're going to have a nucleus of a team that played during the years. And we'll be playing against the uh, Billy Ball current team. I'll be playing for them. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I still play for them, but this will be my last year. I just feel that it's time to retire. Got a great guy taking over 100% for me, Bryce Young. He's a good pitcher, a great fielder, a great hitter, and a great leader. So it's perfect. It's just time. Yeah. So, you know, someone who has spent time in baseball and softball, I have to ask either what is it or what would it be for your walk-up song? I didn't even think about that. <laughs> what would it be? I don't know. Maybe I, I'm reading I'm reading right now uh, Bruce Springsteen's book, something by the boss, I think. Plus, he's from New Jersey, you know. Plus, he admits that the Jersey boys used to like to rumble with the New York boys. I was in some of those, not in the rumble, but climbing out the window to get away from them in some, some, some two-bit bar. Well, on that note, thank you so much for coming. Oh, in my pleasure. Come chatting on. Chatting, and, and we're excited for the game on Sunday. And you're coming, right? Of course. Okay, great. Suicide machines.
That was Telluride softball superstar George Gage. Gage's Billy Ball v. Billy Ball retirement softball game will take place at noon this Sunday, July 18th in Town Park. The San Miguel Regional Housing Authority is in a period of transition. Two of its three staff, the Housing Outreach Coordinator and Programs Manager, have resigned. One resignation was known well in advance, but the other came unexpectedly this week, according to San Miguel County Manager Mike Bordonia. Executive Director Karina Howard is the only remaining staff at the authority. The staffing changes come in the weeks after the town of Mountain Village announced it would leave SMRHA and cease financial support at the end of the year. According to Bordonia, Howard also offered her resignation effective at the end of the year due to the uncertainty of the organization's future. But he says they have not accepted it. The town of Telluride and San Miguel County plan to re-envision what a new SMRHA looks like in the coming months with just two governments, Bordonia says. The whole purpose of SMRHA from the beginning was to serve as a one-stop shop for potential um, new residents as well as existing residents who are con- contemplating deed-restricted housing to be able to ha- e- more easily navigate the various rules and regulations and opportunities. And I think that that's only going to be an increasingly important responsibility to our citizens. SMRHA is about to begin one of its major projects, a bi-yearly deed restriction compliance check for San Miguel County. According to Bordonia, Howard thinks she can complete the checks on her own. Speaking at a Board of County Commissioners meeting this week, Bordonia agrees. I feel confident that they can carry through and do it well if we're willing to let them move forward and do so. County Commissioner Hillary Cooper, however, isn't sure. She says she's concerned about moving forward with the compliance checks at this time. Nonetheless, the checks are moving forward. Bordonia says he plans to meet with Telluride Town Manager Ross Herzog to discuss a vision for a new SMRHA and hopes to bring a proposal before the county commissioners by early next month. Those traveling across Red Mountain Pass on Highway 550 will experience lengthy road closures in the coming weeks. According to the Colorado Department of Transportation, the San Miguel Power Association is clearing timber to prepare for a power line reconstruction project. CDOT notes the project will take place on the north side of the pass. However, the larger closure is necessary to allow for safe helicopter operations above the highway. CDOT says travelers can expect two four-hour closures during weekday mornings and afternoon. The closures will take place just south of Ure at mile marker 92 and near Engineer Mountain Trail at mile marker 89 on the north end. From July 19th to 30th and August 9th to 20th, the pass will be closed from 8.30 a.m. to 12.30 p.m. and 1.30 p.m. to 5.30 p.m. The highway will remain open overnight and on weekends. West Nile virus is in Colorado. Last week, the Colorado Department of Public Health and Environment detected the virus in mosquitoes in Weld County. There are no human cases to date. According to public health officials, the mosquitoes are the first to test positive for the virus this season. However, Colorado has seen the virus each summer for nearly two decades. 
West Nile is commonly spread through bites from an infected mosquito and cannot travel from person to person unless through blood transfusion or organ donation. Symptoms of the virus include fever, headache, nausea, muscle aches, stiff neck, disorientation, and tremors. Public health officials encourage individuals to take precaution, especially for those who spend large amounts of time outside, use insect repellent, limit activities at dusk and dawn, and wear protective clothing. The federal government is planning emergency releases of water from reservoirs in Wyoming, Colorado, and New Mexico to prop up the nation's second-largest reservoir, Lake Powell. KUNC's Luke Runyon has more. Water from Blue Mesa Reservoir in Colorado, Flaming Gorge in Wyoming, and Navajo in New Mexico will be sent downstream to boost Lake Powell, which is about to hit a record low. The releases are meant to preserve the ability to generate hydroelectric power at Lake Powell's dam, which is under increasing threat due to its low level. Powell is situated on the Colorado River, a drinking and irrigation water source for tens of millions of people in the southwest. Emergency releases are set to begin immediately and could last until December. Drought conditions in the Colorado River Basin continue to worsen. I'm Luke Runyon. The National Weather Service forecast for the western San Juans calls for a chance of showers and thunderstorms tonight with partly cloudy skies and a low around 50 degrees. Saturday showers and thunderstorms are likely with mostly sunny skies and a high in the mid-70s. Saturday night should be partly cloudy with a chance of showers and thunderstorms and a low around 50. Sunday calls for mostly sunny skies during the day and mostly cloudy skies at night with a chance of showers and thunderstorms. The high is near 80 degrees with a low in the mid-50s. This has been the news for Friday, July 16th. Thanks for listening. If you have a story idea or a news tip, call the news team at 728-3206.